mental hygiene. Mental hygiene. Yeah, mental hygiene. And then I started to look it up and do some research on it. And it's a, it's actually a phrase and people use it. And so now when we think about uh, hygiene, we think about, again, our body, our outside body. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm going to wash my face. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to put some deodorant on. Right. So you get what I'm saying. It's unique to each person mm-hmm. what their hygiene tendencies are and their hygiene plan. All of those things I just mentioned. Now I turn and ask, okay, so what did you, what's your, what's your, what have you done for your mental? Generational wellness. Generational wellness. Oh, generational wellness. Generational wellness. Welcome to the Balance Period Podcast. This platform is designed to empower communities to create generational wellness. It only takes one person in a community to make the commitment to optimize their health and leverage the power in their story to inspire the people around them to do the same. Join me on this journey as we turn self-care into a lifestyle and close the racial health gap one healthy habit at a time. I'm your host, Recovery Ray. Let's listen, learn, and grow together. Welcome to the Balance Period Podcast, the show where we share inspiring and empowering stories of health transformation and also equip you with the tools and resources you need to optimize your health and create generational wellness. I am your host, Raymond Ashiel, aka Recovery Ray. And for today, I have a very special guest on the show. It's a brother that I got an opportunity to meet at the National Wellness Institute's conference. His name is LeBaron Burwell. And so LeBaron is a wellness practitioner and organizational development expert. And he hails from Oxford, North Carolina, where he completed his undergraduate degree in kinesiology. Shout out to these kinesiology degrees. I got one of those myself. He later spent a decade in the D.C. metro area to refine his skills, and he now applies his wellness education to the world of organizational development. LeBaron holds a master's degree in organizational development and is also a certified wellness practitioner by way of the National Wellness Institute. His mission is to empower individuals in both their personal wellness journeys and their professional development through systematic approaches. Let's give a warm welcome to LeBaron. Welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, great job with that, man. Uh, you know, I was listening to it like, okay, <laughs> I appreciate it. Sound nice. Yeah, it sound sound nice. nice. <laughs> awesome. So before we dive deeper into LeBaron and his story, I am going to guide us through our mindful moment for today. So we're going to take three deep breaths together. At the end of the third breath, we will sit in stillness and just expand our awareness of certain aspects of the present moment. Now, Before we get started, I want us to make sure we're paying attention to our posture. So let's sit upright yet relaxed in our posture. I'll count us down three, two, one, and we will dive into this mindful moment. Three, two, one. Take the first deep breath. And another. And one more. Allow your breathing to return to its normal pattern. I want you to notice the contact that your body is making to the surface beneath you and really feel where those connections are being made.
Now I want you to just do a quick body scan on your own. I want you to notice any areas of your body where you may be feeling tightness or tension. And when you find one of those areas, I want you to allow that muscle to relax as you exhale. Take a couple moments and do that body scan exercise. Now, if your mind has wandered from this awareness practice and this body scan, that's okay. Just gently and kindly bring your attention back to the sensations you feel as you breathe. All right, let's go ahead and take one more deep breath together. If your eyes are closed, slowly begin to blink them open. Welcome back. So I love to integrate these body scans into these mindful moments. I think it's a fantastic way for us to check in with ourselves. And I talk about it all the time. We can only take care of what we are aware of. So just prioritizing a little bit of time to check in with yourself throughout the day can be transformational for how you feel and how you function. LeBaron, I want to ask you if you're open to sharing any reflections that you have from that mindful moment experience. Uh, first, I love um, just your terminology in the phrase of, you know, uh, bringing things to awareness like you can't you can't take care of it if you don't you're not aware of it. I love that. Um, but what I was getting in there was I was going through and just I was noticing how excited I am to, to be on the call and, and be on the podcast. And and I think it just kind of for me, full circle is like, you know, knowing the National Wellness Institute, going to the conference and you know, meeting you, another good brother. And having a platform and doing doing amazing work in the wellness field, and um, just excited, I'm just excited to be on the on the platform. So I think that's what my like I was like discovering some jitteriness and it was like kind of mm-hmm. you know some 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 fast heartbeats, and then I'm like, what is that? You know, what is that? And and it's mm-hmm. excitement. So awesome, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, man. I appreciate it. And I know I'll say I'm excited too because. You know, there wasn't very many of us at the conference, if you know what I mean. And so it was a blessing to get an opportunity to meet you and to know that, you know, I'm not alone. And sometimes it's difficult, at least it has been for me in my journey of of being a wellness professional, because not very many people look like me when I go into spaces where there are a lot of wellness professionals. So, So it's been a pleasure to get to meet you. And I'm looking forward to learning more about you and your story throughout today's episode. Are you looking to enhance your well-being and create greater balance in your life? I am proud to introduce Balance Period's new wellness coaching sessions. This transformational one-on-one coaching experience is designed to help you execute at optimizing your health. Whether you're struggling with stress or seeking better sleep quality or simply aiming to increase your overall life satisfaction, our coaches are here to help guide you every step of the way. During your customized coaching session, you'll gain valuable insights and practical strategies to overcome obstacles, cultivate resilience, and optimize your well-being. As a listener of this podcast, you can use the code RECOVERYRAY at checkout to unlock an exclusive 10% off discount on your coaching session. Don't wait. It's time to invest in your wellness because you are worth the investment. Visit shop.balanceperiod.com and book your wellness coaching session today. That's shop.balanceperiod.com. Enjoy the rest of the show.
All right, so let's go ahead. I want to give you the space now to formally introduce yourself and to share with us, you know, who you are, what you do, and what inspires you to do the work that you do. Yeah, so I, I, I always say, and thank you for having me on, and um, I always say, I always introduce myself as LeBaron Burwell from Oxford, North Carolina. And the reason why is because it's a small town. And I think a lot of indications of where I'm from, right? A small town. I love being able to represent something. I'm a Lululemon ambassador now, right? And so as a Lululemon ambassador, I wear it on my sleeve. Like, I, that's all I wear is Lululemon. <laughs> you know, all I talk about for clothing is Lululemon because that's how, that's how I am. So I'm coming from a small town. I rep the brands that I rep, you know? I, I support who supports mm-hmm. me in, in that way. It's awesome. Um, and so I'm always... You know, telling people I'm from Oxford, North Carolina, near Raleigh-Durham area, and uh, came up with kinesiology, ended up getting my master's in organizational development, had an opportunity while I was an undergrad to start a, a nonprofit and student organization called MOVE. It was called uh, Motivating and Uplifting Via Exercise, so M-U-V-E. And that would kind of started my journey as a, you know, community wellness, you know, practitioner, because it was, we were putting together events for the children, for the community, all wellness events. I mean, anything from Zumba, you know, Zumba, when I was in college mm. <laughs> about 10 years ago, it was new, you know, it's kind of still new. And um, so Zumba, yoga, all these type of things and, and all from to kids working um, in K through 12 and also just bringing a breath of fresh air to the, to the campus. Um, after that, again, got my master's in organizational development, moved to the DC area, had an opportunity to work at NASA Um Flew all over the world, well, all over the country to be able to. to I was about to say, were you were you out? Were you in space? You said NASA. You said the world. I'm like, well, yeah, right. From that perspective, you kind of think about it. it But yeah, so around the country to all their centers uh, to be able to teach wellness. And my job there, I was a uh, I was a management consultant, and I specialize in wellness programming. So I was introducing the concept of wellness as a model and framework for them to implement into all of their professional development courses and offerings. Awesome. And so that's the same thing that I do now, entrepreneur. Um, you know, I'm a life coach. I give, you know, coaching to all of my clients if they need personal training. If that's something in their action plan that we develop, then I, I can provide that or refer it out. Um, I've also been a stylist in my past. So I was a stylist at Nordstrom. I worked, uh, I was a Dolce & Gabbana representative. So even in okay. that, like a lot of my, um, some of my clients even come from that time when I was there. And, you know, one of my things is to build confidence. That's, you know, that's kind of one of the things that I love to do. There's a common thread in everything and all the jobs that I've done is to build confidence in, in yourself and, or in the organization, organizational culture. Mm. Yeah, I, I resonate a lot with that. I know I, I set words uh, for the year and then there's certain skills that I want to develop within myself throughout the year. One of them is self-awareness because I found immense value in that. But the other word for this year is confidence because mm-hmm. I realized just the the magnitude that it that it can have on how I feel, how I function, and ultimately the impact that I'm able to have based on my actions when I am, you know, demonstrating the confidence that I have in myself and my ability to succeed, right? So I, th- I think it's, it's, you know, affirming to hear you say that something that you focus on integrating into the work that you do with the people that you get to serve because it's so important yeah i think and you and your words for the year are perfect uh awareness i think that's one of the first things right to be aware of who you are and what you bring and you know the quirks about you and the things that make you great and unique 
you know, I think being aware of those things uh, is the first step to, to, to bringing that confidence. I think, you know, that's why we give assessments, right? Like set a baseline, see where you are, see where we are. Like that's the awareness piece of it, you know? And I think without mm-hmm. that first assessment, that body scan, we, we even did it earlier today. We did a body scan, uh, an assessment, uh, you know, of how we're feeling today or where there's fatigue or tightness. So I think that's the first thing. And then mm-hmm. you can confidently move throughout the day. So I, perfect two words for the year. Appreciate that. Now I want to go back to kind of the, the tail end of that first question to learn a little bit more about what inspires you to do the work that you do. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So how I started in fitness overall was when I was a child, my mom, well, I was always in sports. So that's, you know, I was always in sports in some way. So I wanted to, you know, be an NBA basketball player or NFL football player. But outside of that, I knew I wanted to work in, in fitness and health because my mom, when I was in fifth or sixth grade, sixth grade, she got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And so mm-hmm. when I learned, like, the, when I learned, like, at first I was devastated, like, oh, my God, what is this? Is my mom going to, like, you know, she's going to die? And so, mm-hmm. but I, I quickly found out that type 2 diabetes, I think all things in preventable is all preventable. And there's all things that you can you can you can cure with lifestyle changes. And so when I saw that, I'm like, well, I'm just going to I'm definitely going to work in, in wellness and fitness for my life because I don't ever want to stop exercising because I was exercising, working out and eating right then. And I was like, I never want to really stop. So if I put, you know, devote my life to this this industry, then I'll always mm-hmm. be you know working out you know, eating right, somewhat healthy, you know, doing, doing the things that's going to keep me around and not develop these illnesses. And then also I thought that I'd be able to, I thought I'd be able to learn something to teach my mom, you know, but you know how that goes when it, when you're trying to teach the, the teacher. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've definitely went through seasons of, you know, trying to lead my parents to change uh, and just other people in my life that may be a little bit older than me. And I know from my experience, what I found, the best way of going about doing that was just leading by example, right? Because that's really all I can control anyway. So it sounds like you kind of took that same approach. You're like, hey, let me focus on my longevity, right? You're starting with the end in mind as it relates to your, you know, your health and wellness. You kind of reverse engineered your way back to, well, what do I need to do now and consistently over time in order to live the quality of life that I want to have later on, on down the line? I think that in and of itself is impactful. And I think over time, at least I noticed it in my experience, over time, the people in my family that I truly wanted to impact and influence, they, you know, they started to ask more questions. They started to be more curious because they saw how I was living my life. They saw the quality of life that I had. And and that was, you know, enough to help get the ball rolling for them to begin to make some some tweaks and adjustments. So, yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that. For too. sure. Definitely a slow process. But, yeah, um, you definitely I get no movement when when I push. <laughs> you know, no movement when I push, but when I let when I let things happen and her come to me, it's a lot of a lot of action that way. So, um, gotcha. so I agree with you. Gotcha. Now I wanted to go into some of the work that you do within organizations, and so mm-hmm. you talked about this kind of connection between wellness and organizational development. And can you talk a little bit about your journey and your experience with? integrating that into the cultures of the workplaces that you have gotten an opportunity to work with? Yeah. So in my, my graduate work, I study and I, and I research the effect that, you know, wellness has on leadership 
and why leaders who are well are better for your organization. And mm-hmm. and so that work was basically exploring like, hey, if I have a, a you know a manager or a leader that isn't that is not well, what are some of the things that are derivatives of that? You know, low. We talked about you, you opened the conversation saying we were talking about sleep. You know, if they don't get adequate amounts of rest, what does that person look like? You know, we started to look at all the research and all the things on that. If they are not exercising and they are, you know, overweight, you know, if they are, if they don't just do any wellness practices at all, how do they feel about their employees doing wellness practices or giving that, that capacity or giving that room or that space for them to be able to do that? So we just start looking at the mm-hmm. leadership overall. And so how did I get into it? Um, Again, when I started the organization at, at undergrad, I love organizing, like developing this organization. And I found through my mm-hmm. own mistakes of how not to be a leader and what steps not to make. And it, it was so intriguing to me. Group dynamics have always been intriguing to me if you follow it back to sports as a, as a youth, right? Um, it's group dynamics. Teamwork, it's like you have a leader, you have different little pockets of leaderships as well. You have your own little teams. Each position group has their own like leader. And then so it's so many different um, little sectors in that. And I was like, I've already I already have some experience at being a leader. Like I was a quarterback. I was, you know, captain and stuff like that. But I wanted to know how I could get better or how I can lead organizations to get better. And mm-hmm. so got that, um, did my master's in it. And then there was a, and you you probably appreciate this. I was working in at NASA, and as a wellness professional, fitness professional, I was a wellness specialist. And when everybody comes to the gym, everybody's on the level playing field. I don't care who you are. Like this is my gym. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you came to the gym. This is my gym. You might be five star general. You may be an astronaut flown all these different shuttles and all this, but it's my gym. So. With that attitude, I was able to kind of, you know, meet people where they were when they came in the gym. I didn't treat them like they were too big and just kind of started to build rapport. And with that rapport, one of the um, leaders in the Office of Human Capital, which is like OD uh, HR. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. and what they did was come to me and say, hey, LeBaron, I heard you, you just got your master's in organizational development and you have an undergrad in, in kinesiology. We're moving our, our stuff more towards like all of our trainings, more towards a wellness or employee centered focus. Mm. Would you would you like to come on board and help us with it? And I'm like, what? Of course. So I facilitated one of their meetings. Um, I used a change method called open space technology. And after that, it was a brainstorming method to be able to come up with different ideas on how we would integrate wellness into their existing programs. And then we built out a, a an agile sprint and we just and we tried it out and it and it worked. And we ended up developing a um, a program called Maximizer Performance, which was its own literal program to focus on wellness in its entirety and being able to teach um, leadership about how you incorporate it with your own daily life and also how to use these strategies and practices on your teams. And so that was my start in how I, uh, in one way, how I affect change at an organizational level um, as it relates to wellness. That's awesome. I love also the focus in self, right, as it relates to wellness self, and then how that permeates into the work that you then do within the organization is uh is is really dope and it's really in, in alignment with a lot of the work that we focus on too as it relates to creating generational wellness it starts with self it starts with you expanding your awareness optimizing your health and then modeling these healthy behaviors 
and then sharing your story to inspire and empower other people to do the same. So I think it's definitely similar as it relates to the focus. You start with self, yeah. develop those habits, and then, you know, allow that to, you know, permeate into the people that you get to influence. So that's really, really dope. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a quote on my on one of my sessions. There's a, not, not a quote, but a statistic saying, you know, 50 million people quit their job last year. Like 50 million people quit their job. And... 57% of the people that quit their job cited that they quit because of the, the organizational culture or leadership, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we look at that, we're talking about 25, you know, 25 million people that quit based on their leadership. So we know that, 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 um, and it's a didactic relationship. Like my relationship with you is not going to be the same relationship with them. And, but that flexibility, you being able to be flexible in that sense is a certain level of wellness, right? Because you have to be, you know, mm -hmm. open to new ideas. You have to be, um, you have to be confident in your ability to, you know, hear these different things. You have to have, you know, uh, emotional regulation. There's so many different, you know, facets that comes with a well person, person that is well and that practices on that, on their wellness versus someone that's, um, that's honestly tired before they even get to work. Yep, exactly. Or becoming burnt out while they're at work it's like it gets worse when they're there mm. and i think that's the case for a lot of people today it's like work drains them they go home they don't really practice things that can actually recharge them they don't get very good sleep they yeah. wake up and they do it all over again and it's just a cycle of them digging themselves into this hole where it's only a matter of time before they end up imploding essentially and they don't rest until they're ill or you know something happens where their body is like making them yeah. stop moving so that they can find some sort of relief from the cycle that they're in. So yeah, I, I definitely, I feel you on that, which it leads me though to the next question I wanted to ask. So for most people, and I know for me, even after getting my degree in kinesiology, a lot of the focus was on, you know, diet. So nutrition and movement, that was the biggest things that were taught, but mental health, right? Emotional well-being, those things weren't really integrated into my learning experience. So I wanted to talk about a concept that you exposed me to when we were in Cincinnati, but this concept of mental hygiene. Can you talk a little bit more about what that is and the role that that plays in the work that you do? Yeah. So mental hygiene, just going through some work. I was writing some proposals and, you know, just figuring out how can I, you know, Get out there, you know, an entrepreneurial thing. Just, just brainstorming on, you know, what's the next move? For some reason, mental hygiene came to my mind. Like literally, nobody had said it. It was just like mental hygiene, mental hygiene. Yeah, mental hygiene. And then I started to look it up and do some research on it. And it's a, it's actually a phrase, and people use it. Um, not, not very popular, but. And so when you think it, and I can tell you a base definition of it, but it's better to look at it as regular hygiene. You wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about a, a regular day, we all do it. And just like you said, when we think about wellness and fitness and kinesiology, it's about nutrition and movement, right? Those are the things we think about. And so now when we think about uh, hygiene, we think about, again, our body, our outside body. You know, movement, nutrition, it's the same type of deal, right? I think about, hmm, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm going to wash my face. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to put some deodorant on. If I need to shave, I'm going to shave. Some people need to shave more than others. Some people don't need to shave. Some people uh, brush their hair. Some people comb their hair. 
Some people, you know, clean their ears. Some people don't clean their ears. Some people, yeah, right? So you get what I'm saying. It's unique to each person mm-hmm. what their hygiene tendencies are and their hygiene plan. Now, all of those things I just mentioned. Now I turn and ask, okay, so what did you? What's your? What's your? What have you done for your mental? So you can stay mm-hmm. mentally hygienic, right? Yep. And then there's really no there's no responses for that. And so when I started to to see that, and I started to just put it together, like, hmm, these are things that these are simple things that we can do every day. We did one this. We did one on the call earlier. We just did some breathing. Mm-hmm. We did some mindfulness, a, a little stillness for us to be able to be aware of ourselves. Right. And what and why we're doing that is because when I'm aware of myself, I can then hear myself talk. I can hear my I can hear me talk. And I talk about this on some of my calls. Like we have a, I have a, a morning walk and talk every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which we go through a workbook that I, uh, we wrote called a mental hygiene workbook. And so okay. there's 12 chapters in which coincide with 12 themes that we talk about every month. And then it breaks down into 52 subtopics. Um, throughout the year. And so we're talking about right now, this month is called mental still. I mean, it's not mental is uh, inner stillness. That is this mm-hmm. month. So now when I talk about a mental hygiene technique, that's going to bring us some mental stillness. We're going to talk about that breathing. We're going to talk about, okay, so what are some of the things that you, what are some of the things that you do? Some people say, Hey, well, I like to listen to about, you know, two, three songs in the morning before when I get, okay, cool. That's fine. You want to, that is a part of your mental hygiene habits or part of your mental hygiene routine. Some people don't do anything. Some people just say, hey, look, I just like to take a long shower. If that long shower is, but the intentionality is the part behind it. You're doing it with the, with the, with the intent on bringing mental clarity and strength. And that's all mental hygiene is, is task, task and things that you do to bring mental clarity and strength. I love that. I love that. And some of the things that you mentioned, as it related to the concept itself are in alignment with some of the the work that we do around helping people create sustainable self-care systems to where it's, it's really making the concept of self-care being being something that's so simple to where it's literally just intentionally spending time with yourself to promote your optimal health and well-being and in this case right as it relates to mental hygiene it's that intention is centered around your mental health, you know, That's it. And, and your emotional well-being. And so I, th- I think it's really simple. And, and in a lot of cases, because of the market around self-care, things that are publicized or marketed, they're not sustainable. They normally cost a lot of money. The people are trying to sell you a product and saying you need this in order to have a high quality, you know, mental health. When in all reality, you can do this for free. And you can do it every day. There's times in the day, every day, that we all have to engage in practices that can help us feel more recharged, feel more grounded, experience more mental clarity. But there's a disconnect between, you know, what we've been taught, whether that be through the school system or at home, and then now what we're seeing in media around how to care for ourselves mentally. This disconnect is leading us to feeling like we don't have the resources that we actually have in us already to truly experience an increased quality of mental health. So I love the fact that, you know, you got this aha moment to start to incorporate this conversation around mental hygiene into the work that you do, because it's it's important. And I think like you even, like you just said, was the resources. And one of the resources that we feel a lot of times that we don't have enough of is time. And so we think that this whole self-care thing, or I got to go sit down at a yoga studio. I got to do, I got to pay for a meditation sound bowl. I got to go, whoa. 
Well, we just get, let's take a step back for a second. And we got to understand the goal. And that's a lot of times where I talk to, you know, even my clients and coaching. It's like, okay, let's understand what the goal is. Sometimes we, we see a path that we can take to get it. But there's so many different ways to get to that, 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 that overall goal. And so when it comes to mental hygiene, um, I share, you know, I share a couple different ways to be able to come up with an action plan, right? Um, mm-hmm. simple, and like you said, I, I, I take things away from, of course, I have a lot of, a lot of assessments I can, I can give you, right? A lot of assessments I can give you. So many. Some paid, some free, some that, that shoot you back reports and everything. But, if I'm, if I'm teaching somebody a sustainable way to be able to assess themselves and get themselves an action plan real quick, I do it's a couple steps. And these are the stuff that you you would even know. This first one is I take the six dimensions of wellness, right? Just write the six dimensions of wellness down on one, on one side of the paper. Put one to five on each one of those, one to five. Where are you on those six dimensions of wellness? If you go physical, how do you feel your physical wellness is? And we can get deeper if we want to and kind of start to tell with it. But just overall in general, where are you? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a four. Cool. Emotional work. Okay, two. Okay. And so you go through it. And then the ones that you are, are lacking in, whether you're four or below, now you can start to say, okay, what is something that I can do today to raise this level? And now you already created yourself a little action plan and you've developed a, a mental hygiene habit because at a certain point, you're going to try that. So now if my emotional well-being is is at a three and my plan that I set for myself is, you know what will make me feel happy today? I need to call my mom. Mm-hmm. So now we know, wait a minute, calling your mom is tied to a positive benefit for you mentally or calling your family. So now can we build a plan where we incorporate calling your loved ones on a routine basis? Like, isn't that one of your tools you can pull out of your mental hygiene toolbox? So it's like, these are simple, simple ways that we we assess, we can plan, and then we can practice. Just that simple. And I think, you know, just we want to get away from just the, the long, you know, expensive ways of teaching wellness and all these th- different things. Yes, you. it's fun to mix them in. Like, I'm going forest bathing um, in two weeks, three weeks, well, four, like never done it before. Yeah, I never heard of that before until right now. So that's that's new for me. Uh, Got to try some different things, but you know there are the simple things you can do at home. And this is a young lady on the call the other day, and she, you know, it's aha moments, right? It's like she's like, well, I don't necessarily know if this is a a a, a like a a habit or mental hygiene habit, but you know, sometimes when I wash my hands. I envision that I'm not just washing it free of debris or dirt. I just envision that I'm wa- washing away all negative energy. I said, ooh. Whoever knew that you can turn, you know, washing your hands into a mindful moment. Right. And then then it kind of then it kind of elevated. Like people also was like, well, yeah, why well, do this? Never really noticed, like, oh man, I'm taking that, I'm taking that time to really, you know, scan and assess myself during that time. But I don't necessarily call it that. But if we start to call it and, mm-hmm. and put some intention behind it now, now we can incorporate it as a, in our action plan. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I feel like for most of us, there's already good work that we're already doing. Yeah. And if we're able to identify that good work and name it, and then, like you said, just increase the level of intention behind it when we do it, we don't have to change much in order to increase our quality of life. 
some things we kind of like let go and stop doing, but we don't have to really add much besides more intention. And that in and of itself can completely shift how we feel and how we function, which is powerful. So thank you for highlighting. No, that. thank That's you for cool. highlighting that. You just say we don't have to add anything but intention. Woo! Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I got a couple of clients. I'm gonna there use we go. Already. We don't have to add anything but intention. What are you doing already? Let's keep doing that. But let's now let's add intention. Because I'm sure, mm-hmm. like you said, I'm sure that you're already doing some great things already. We can only manage what we measure. That's why we partnered with Whoop so you can get the latest and most advanced health and fitness wearable on the market for free. Not only does it monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and overall health, it also offers personalized recommendations and coaching feedback. You can finally take the guesswork out of deciding which self-care habits will actually help you feel good and function at your best. Visit join.whoop.com forward slash balance period and order your free whoop 4.0 today that's join.whoop.com forward slash balance period enjoy the rest of the show all right now i want to kind of shift the focus a little bit and talk a little bit more about your own self-care and i want to focus it on resting right and you know as an entrepreneur and i would say honestly just as a black man in general that tends to not be something that was ever modeled in our culture for us. We really didn't have anyone, and I'll speak for myself and we'll see if the same is for you, we really didn't have anyone that demonstrated what it meant to truly rest and to recharge. So I want to learn a little bit more about your relationship with rest and what rest looks like for you as it relates to the self-care routines that you have in place in your life. You picked a... a the best worst person to talk to about it, right? Because I know a lot about of what I don't do, which will, which will shed a lot okay. of light on what I what I can be doing and what I'm working towards. I think yeah. I'll say the first thing that I know um, that I struggle with, and like you said, I wasn't modeled, was I don't prepare for bed. Mm. And I noticed this with my in my last relationship that, you know, when it got ready to go, like when it started getting late, I would see her start to, okay, she started to wind down. She might even pull out her notebook. I'm talking about looking at her stuff she got to do. I'm like, this is like, and this may sound normal to people, normal to people, right? But for me, it was mind blowing. She take a shower. She do a whole face routine. She, you know what I mean? She goes, she takes off her watch. <laughs> she puts her phone and stuff on the charger. And she, and she lays down. She gets ready for bed. Me, on the other hand, while she's doing all that, I'm watching TV. You know, I watch TV on the couch or something. Might, might be in the bed. Or might be on the, on, the, on the couch in the room. And I just, uh, and I fall asleep. What is happening when I fall asleep? And, and I've had this conversation with, um, I had a, a doctor. I had um, a, a consultation with a doctor a friend of mine. And she was just talking about my, my rest habits. And uh, mm-hmm. she was like, so, and she was asking me, like, how do you think that affects you? And I'm like, and I know the first time it started, that thought, like, man, I never closed that loop. Mm. So that, that brain loop, that, that thinking. So as I, before I go to sleep, I'm thinking about something. And I never let it stop. It just keeps going. That's why I'm going to wake up at about 2.30 in the morning, 4, uh, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, every time, without fail. If I just fall asleep, I'm going to wake up with something on my mind. 
So I'm not going to get my adequate adequate uh, rest in, in that in that sense. So I think mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things now for me when it comes to like understanding that, okay, I'm overworked right now. I need to take a little breather. I need to, that I can do. You know, I can take a step back, say, hey, look, don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch this laptop for the rest of the day. I'm going to go chill out. Like, I know how to hit the, the pause button. I know I hit mm-hmm. the pause button. It's just that um, the part that I struggle with is, is what I just alluded to is getting ready for bed and, um, and changing that routine, that nighttime routine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I first and foremost appreciate your vulnerability there to share that because I, I know that that's not uncommon. You're not the only person that doesn't have, you know, a structured evening routine. Um, but I know I'll say just from my experience, when I started to focus on aligning my lifestyle with optimizing my sleep, everything changed. Everything changed. Like sleep is so vital for our well-being. Like I look at it like that's what God, right, ingrained into our bodies and minds to heal and recover on a daily basis. We can go through whatever we go through during the day, but there is instinctual things ingrained into us to heal and regenerate and be refreshed. And it happens in our most vulnerable state. The thing that we tend to say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's like, nah, if you really just added more intention into that process, you'll start to notice shifts in how you feel and how you function. And I know for me, at least that's been the case. That's why a lot of the work that I do around people creating that sustainable self-care system starts with them focusing on what are you doing the last hour before you go to bed? What does your quality of sleep look like? Start to measure that and then start to see the connection between the habits you practice and that sleep quality are, and then start to make some shifts and adjustments. I know um, a whole kind of category of, practices it's called sleep hygiene it's its own thing right and so if you aren't familiar with that i highly recommend just looking into it seeing kind of what sleep hygiene is and figuring out what'll work best for you to you know incorporate into into your evening but you know i would say that has probably been the most impactful habit aside from mindfulness that i've adopted over these last five years to my overall health and well-being was optimizing my sleep Uh, yeah that's something that yeah i'm gonna we're going to look at it because that is the one thing I need to add intention about. Honestly, seriously, that's the one thing I need to mm-hmm. like. I will get I can get some I can get sleep, but it's not the we. I can tell when I actually set up for bed and I go to sleep and I get a good night's rest. Like everybody, we can tell. Right. Especially mm-hmm. if you're aware sure. of yourself, you know, in the morning I wake up, I go outside, I do my, my sun salutation and just, you know, like I like I started that practice maybe about three, four weeks ago. Because I've always mm-hmm. did some type of meditative uh, thing in the morning because I always go, I always went to the gym. And before I go to the gym, I always got to I got to make myself go. So I always have this conversation and talk with myself. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, yeah, definitely put more attention on the, on the sleep part. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like, like I said before, thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for sharing that, uh, because, like I said, it is not uncommon. That's something that a lot of us uh, struggle with. So I'm grateful for you sharing that. Hopefully it inspires someone to think about integrating more intention into into their you know sleep routine as well. Yeah, yeah, guys, so. it's not it's not OK just to fall asleep all the time. I do it. But I'm telling you, it, it, there's a better way to do it. Just so if you're if you're listening to this and you identify with what, what I do, let's let's work together to change that because we can definitely get better benefits. 
Yes, and I'll draw everyone's attention. Uh, if you are, if you're a new listener, we did a series. We did several series in 2022 around the sustainable self care system, which is made up of an evening routine, a midday routine, and a morning routine. And it's just talking about aligning the habits that you practice in each one of those phases of your day with your optimal health and well being. So I believe January of 2022, the whole month was all content around ways and strategies to going about optimizing your sleep. And we talked about five healthy sleep hygiene habits. So we highlighted some of the most common ones, some of the easiest to integrate into your lifestyle. So I highly recommend going back to our catalog of podcasts and checking that episode out because that'll give you some insights on where you can get started. What a plug. I like it. It's perfect, too. (laughs) Yeah, it was perfect timing. All right. So I want to now kind of end the show and I want to give you the space to share a message um, that you feel like is important for the world to hear. I'm going to kind of set the scene for you real quick. Okay, so let's say you have a minute and you have the ear of the entire world. Everyone is listening to what you have to say. What message would you share with the world in that one minute? I'll start by saying, you know, you're beautiful. You're uniquely made. And you're given all the gifts to be able to you know, create your life into the way you would want to use it and or live it. And I think, you know, wellness has done a tremendous thing in my life and um, in many people's lives. And I just would I would encourage people to grab a piece of wellness in whatever form that is for them. Some people do it by way of food. Some people do it by way of conversation and social networking. Some people do it, you know, by way of physical fitness and nutrition, whatever it is. Find you a piece and continue to expound on it because the return on investment from working in this field is um, is undeniable. And so and the last thing I would just want to tell people is, you know. I think that's it, actually, I, I, I want to tell I, I was going to repeat it in another way, but that's really it. You know, find, find a piece of wellness mm-hmm. that makes you feel, um, you know, confident and, and do that because that's going to be. That's going to be the thing that you lean on when that when things get rough, because if um, the things that I've been through, especially this year, things that I've been through this year, if I didn't have wellness as a, as a, as a part of my life, then I don't know exactly where I would be or, or how I would have made it through it. So um, grab you a piece of mm-hmm. a piece of wellness if you need. Any, I know I'm probably over a minute, but if you need any help with finding out what that is or or what connects with you or what piece of the wellness field connects with you the most. And, you know, you got two brothers here that can definitely help you. Um, and navigating that industry. Most definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much, LeBaron, for being here. Thank you for sharing your story, being vulnerable with us. I want to give you the space now to let everyone listening know how they can stay in contact with you um, and support the work that you're doing. Yeah, well, how you can support the work that I'm doing is if you have anybody, if you're if you're working in an organization and you feel as though that the culture of wellness is lacking, where you know people are, are scared to take time off, you know, people are scared to um, go to the gym during their lunches. Um, you know, people are, you know, scared to speak up when they have to go against the grain. Um, these are the type of situations and, and type of cultures that could benefit from uh, cultivating wellness in the workplace workshop. And I would love to do that. So how you can connect with me is LeBaronBurwell.com. There's, there's all my links on there. You can be able to connect with me, set a meeting. You can look at my, my website. His web, uh, website and my Instagram, everything is there. And that's it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you once again. 
Yes. Thank you once again for being here, for sharing your story with us. Uh, I'll be sure to add a link to LeBaron's website to the show notes. So definitely take a look there. A couple of things that I want to just share about ways that you can continue to support Balance Period and this platform, wherever you are listening to this podcast, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe, right? And leave us a review if the platform that you're listening to us on allows you to do so. And I highly recommend subscribing to the Generational Wellness Digest. It's our weekly publication that's filled with mindful moments, movement practices, uh, mindful reflection questions, resources, local opportunities to get access to quality, culturally competent care. So I highly recommend you subscribe. You can go to our link tree and you know you can find that in the show notes to be able to access that. The last couple of things that I want to leave you all with, as usual, the first Invest in your wellness because you are worth the investment. Continue to learn, continue to grow, and develop your sustainable self-care system. Lastly, you don't have to be perfect to be great. So be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself as you travel along this journey of creating generational wellness. All you have to do in order to be the change that you want to see in your family and in your community is to get started and to keep going. So thank you once again for tuning in to this episode of the Balance Period Podcast. And I look forward to having you tune in to the next episode. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Balance Period Podcast. If this was your first time tuning in, welcome. We recommend you listen to at least three episodes of the show and integrate one thing that you learn from each into your daily life. Remember to subscribe, share, and engage with us on social media. Our handle on TikTok is at Balance Period Pod, and our handle on every other social media platform is at Balance Period. Until next time, continue to learn, continue to grow, and continue to create your balance. Period.